Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We got two young men in the city, first off, kicking off the show, who's been doing the work in the public health space, but then also just making sure they got boots on the ground, getting out, talking to Philadelphians, talking to the residents, talking to the community members, asking them what do they need help with? What do they want to know? How can they get more involved in their communities? How can they help them out? And I exactly why we brought them here on EcoWord, because when it comes to public health, this is not a conversation we can tread lightly. We got to go all the way into this conversation because this is how we're going to help the next generation. And I got two young men on the on the line, on the phone, who's definitely going to man, do the, do what they have to do to make sure the next generation is is in the right hands. So I'm going to start with you and please introduce yourself and tell the people exactly who they listen to. Thank you so much, Revive POC. Big shout out to you, all your progress over the years. I've um, been grinding and working hard. Uh, my name is Ant Brown. I'm a founder of ABRO. ABRO stands for Always Be Real Original. We are Creative Arts and the Community Service Initiative. Um, and uh, did a, I do work in the community as far as helping the youth. I did school tours. I help with community drives. Uh, I help be a connector to any resources that the con- that the community need. So basically, if they they need they have a problem, I try to find the solutions to them. And, you know, I'm just a community service servant. I'm very active. Uh, we are here in Southwest. Um, and and, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on this show. No doubt. Um, and Ty, I want to make sure you get in on conversation. Um, please introduce yourself. Uh, good morning. Uh, thanks you again, uh, Rob, for having us here. Uh, and it's always a pleasure to work with you, bro. Uh, for those who don't know, my name is Tyreek Glasgow. I'm the executive director of Young Chances Foundation. It's a community-based organization out of South Philadelphia. We basically provide, you know, pampers to dentures without the red tape. Uh, we've been doing it for <laughs> I like that. 11 years. Um, really just provide a public health or public safety, um, a community engagement approach with us at the table. And I mean us, I mean like as a community who don't want to point the finger at the issues, but want to look in the mirror how we can address some of the things that we deal with every day from poverty, gun violence, not having fresh fruits and vegetables, or not even having communication skills. So the generational thing is what it's about, but also just providing that environmental health so people that we live with every day doesn't have to be traumatized by the images that there's plagued with them every day. No so doubt it. Definitely waiting for the conversation, man. And I, um, like Ann was saying, man, I definitely been watching you work. And we definitely need people like you at the table because media has a huge role in making sure that our voices and the images and stories that are told are positive. So much love to what you're doing. So allowing us to share our word uh, for our community. No doubt. Um, and I wanted to kick the conversation off just to get directly into it. Right. Last week, you all had uh, a free open you know, conference for everyone in the city to attend at the free library at that, right? Um, and it was about public health. It was about public safety. It was about environmental justice. Y'all talked about a lot of different things. And one thing that really stood out to me is that y'all were advocating for these green spaces. Y'all were advocating to make sure that, uh, you know, when it comes down to fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, these um, uh, deserts, these food deserts that we're living in in city, in city, you know, you all were addressing those. And I want to start with you, Tyreek. You know, when it comes down to the work that you're doing in the public health sector, how do you feel like, you know, when you talk about the green spaces and the environmental issues that we're dealing with, how do you think that that is actually going to help combat the public health issues we're dealing with? Well, first is the fact that, you know, quality of life, it shouldn't be just a topic that we have to do. You know, like, us as young men in the community, not even just talking about a color, being black in communities is harmful. 
you know, in an environmental approach, especially in South Philly and where Anne is at in Southwest, just having air quality. And when you talk about air quality, it's not just asthma, but that helps with your critical thinking. That helps with how you address your going to school, how you, your work environment, all of those things take into a place of how your day-to-day life goes. So for us, when we look back, it's not just the fight. It's the critical thinking. It's the conflict resolution. It's the how do we make sure that this is not just something that is plagued in the schools or in a rec center. It's for us. It's every day. It's the summer camps that is affected. It's the that's, that's affected. It's the financial literacy that's not being combined with the struggle. So for us as an organization, I look at how do we prevent the costs? And for us is looking at the big picture. We have a lot of institutions that's around that have the resources that don't apply to them. Man, and we're talking yesterday about what if we had a free asthma pump drive because the asthma rate in these communities in Southwest and South Philadelphia is the highest amongst the city. And that's yeah. due to the refinery that's right there. And that's something that it's not a community issue. That's something that's political that's been written into a 30-year plan that yeah. has nothing to do with gun violence at the talking point today. So for us, community health is how do we step back and look at the big picture and not just the stripes that they've always thrown on the wall. That was some great points right there, Tariq. Um, and I want to ask you that, right? Because you you rep Southwest hard, right? You go hard for the, the, the section of Southwest Philadelphia. So when it comes down to Southwest, uh, one thing that Tariq pointed out is the refineries are over there, right? You got the airport, all of that, you know, uh, carbon emission coming from the airport as well. So when you think about Southwest and the lack of attention that people show Southwest when it comes down to making sure the public health is in order, is intact in Southwest, what's your thoughts as you, you know, you are a strong advocate on the ground? Well, um, to be specific, now, I think that's been understood that there's not been enough focus on the Southwest area as far as, uh, I mean, there's development going on, but there's not nothing that's really like, um, like even when you go through Southwest, you still see a lot of trash certain places. It's still, you know, there's there, there's areas where we can probably plant more trees and stuff like that just to make it look more vibrant and feel more good. And um, even when you look at the inner cities, how we're so like, um, combined, like, like jammed up in these are small block, our small blocks and stuff like that. But when you go out in the suburbs and then you see everybody got lawns, everybody got trees, it's spacious. So when you look at how the violence is happening in the city, when we all bunched up together and we got that bunched up cluttered look, but where the violence is not as high, you see where it looks more spacious. It looks good. It looks cleaner. It looks and feels good to come through. And um, that's why I had uh, it was important to get into this 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 approach far as the language, because I've been advocating for the community. But the specific p- approach is the public health piece. And yeah. that's where the power structure understands when they when you use these languages. And that's why it's important for us to start to learn these languages and get on the same page and, and advocate for the community. So, yeah, it's, it's Southwest is a lot changing. That's why right now we are organizing a community cleanups and also trash dump and reporting. And we're doing it on a grassroots level with, uh, because we are in the communities more. We got a lot of community trust that the community might not just want to go call the city or feel like they don't want to get put on a hole in, in all of that. And they can contact us and then we can be like that bridge. So, um, making Southwest a greener and, and safer community is, is on our agenda as well. 
Oh, I definitely agree with you on that. And, you know, um, the wait time for 311 is ridiculous. And then to actually get something done after you do talk to someone um, in that 311 department, you wait even longer for them to come up and do, come around and pull up, whatever you want to call it, and actually do something. So I definitely agree with you on that. And I want to ask you both this question. Um, and I want to go ahead. I was going to say, too, like, like, we deal with real people in our community, and it helps with them being able to have tangible results and then for them to not feel as though they're they're crazy or they're going through or, or it's their fault. Like, it's not their fault that they live in neighborhoods where, you know, academics and politicians know that Eastwick has the highest degrees that's different than other parts of the city. And if your heat is high, like the heat response of different areas are there. So when kids are coming outside in the street, it's 25 degrees higher than it is 25 minutes away from something that goes into the kids are just not don't want to go play. They don't want to get burnt. They don't want to go out there and be arguing, be sweating and all those things. So when it has a, a dance program where they're not just dancing, they're in air conditioned facilities, they're in safe places, they're actually in zones where the crime rate is probably higher than it is in any other part of the city. So to have community health in these projects, not only clean spaces, but it provides that mental health approach that I think our community needs because we need answers. It's not just about a vote. It's about you coming out and saying, like, oh, my kid can go to school. My kid can go play basketball, football, and not be killed and like, come home and eat without feeling as though they were abused to, to get that. I like that. Thank you for putting that on there. Um, and I want to ask you both this question. And I want to ask this question to, um, I'm going to start with you, I should we'll say. And, you know, when it comes down to the abandonment that we see in our city, right, we see the abandoned lots, we see the abandoned homes. Um, and how how would you say, or well, give us your opinion of a solution and what we can do with those spaces in those places um, to actually help the city of Philadelphia, in your opinion? You know, when you think about the abandonment that's going on around the city. For sure, for sure. Um, I know Tyreek can for sure chime in with this because he had a, <laughs> uh, a a very successful project of what he did uh, with the garden, the community garden down there in South Philly. But I think it's turning these lots into something. So, for example, like um, even these abandoned homes, they shouldn't even be sitting sitting there. They can get turned into things. Community safe space. These can be education centers. These can be turned into computer labs. Um, far as the lots, um, where it's just grass area, we can turn those. We ain't, we didn't hear you say dog parks and beer gardens, so I appreciate yeah. that. You yeah, really no, mean? no, we don't. We won't need enough. We don't need no more of that, especially no more of those, man. And um, what you can do with the lots, uh, that can be community garden. This is where now, um, you know, we we hosting workshops about how to plant and grow your own food. Maybe on the building that's like on the uh between. On the on the, the the space the wall space that's in between that line, maybe we can have like some type of moral that that gets um some type of moral arts project or something like that that gets put over there just to make it look better. So it's many different things we could be doing with these lots and spaces. And it's funny because I just went on Google and I researched like, and once I see the value of these empty vacant lots, that's when I was like, oh, no wonder the city ain't doing nothing. This right here is but so whenever. Uh, you know, whenever something is, is viable, I don't think anybody's going to move at it yet, you know, because these lots just sit in there and they can be turned into something that can get the community involved. It can, and also when you create projects like that in the community and you make them feel like they evolve, they want to do whatever they can to make the projects or the concepts that you bring in towards these spaces grow. And when they feel a part of it. No doubt. And um, Tariq, why, why didn't you go in South South Philly and turn it into a dog park or a beer garden? You know, that's what they're doing in South Philly right now. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we, we, we love our South Philly's, but we have a particular population that we deal with. And, and for us, it's 
the dogs and in a bear garden are cool, but we don't have fresh fruits and vegetables. Talk we don't we don't have breakfast. We don't we don't have green spaces where kids can play in the sand because they've never been to the beach. So for okay. us, you know, we we see those quality of life issues for other communities that it's not a challenge for them to go to the beach. It's not a challenge for them to have a graduation, you know, but for us, we have to really talk about redlining our community. The mm-hmm. reason why you see a lot of abandoned buildings and structure, they don't want to give Black folk money. They don't want to give community groups who have the ability to take us out of poverty those resources. So when we build the table, it's for us to see what do we have to put on the menu, that financial structure, that ability to bring assets to the table that provides that tomorrow, because today is not the answer. Like we see when we're coming outside every day that there's abandoned lots, there's buildings that are just, you know, that makes your community look like it doesn't even need to be in existence. So for us, it's really changing who is at the table because a lot of people's voices are not meant, you know, to help that population that they're serving. So for us, changing, um, not having bear guarding and dog park conversations at the table is a step, (laughs) is a step. You know, honestly, you can't, have people controlling the narrative, talking about they want to help tomorrow, and they're still fixated on yesterday's. Yes, yes. Problem. So I definitely that's... agree with that, uh, Tyreek. And I want to ask you both this last question. Uh, we got about five minutes left, um, and you kind of spoke to this. You know, when you talk about we got to change some seats at the table, we just got a new administration. Technically, you know, here in the city of Philadelphia, we got the first woman black mayor. We got a new city council president. And I want to ask you all this question: When it comes down to the policies, you know, in your opinion, on a local level, what policies do you think needs to be changed or implemented in or in order for us to have a more equitable, sustainable, healthier future in the city of? Philadelphia. Either one of you can start. And you? Well, okay. Well, see, I'm not seasoned on policy, but what I will say is if it could be an aggressive approach uh, amongst the city official or the city yay or naysayers to think about how to creatively turn these abandoned lots into something, and turn these abandoned spots into something. The same way, um, you know, gun violence is the new thing now. As it's been the last five or six years, that's just the new thing that everybody's on right now. And now I have seen the city takes a citywide approach on addressing gun violence, um, even or uh, even advocating on investing into these grassroots organizations. How do we take that same approach as a city to start to make sure that our neighborhoods are cleaner, safer, mm-hmm. right? How do we, how do we, how do they get on the same page and create policies that make sure that as soon as those are a spot is abandoned, y'all already thinking in the back of y'all head who can come occupy this spot? How can we bring them to the table and bring some creative minds and we bring what we know about policy, bring them together and say, all right, let's make this happen. This is how we take and turn this lot into this art, this mosaic, this or we take and turn this abandoned space into a, a community resource center. Uh, as we see, it's, it's, it's copied all around the city in a sense. Um, that goes to show, like, it, nothing is just sitting there for no reason. How could we all get on the same page to, to make sure that we take care of that? I like yeah, that. I, I like that. I, I spoke a little bit about this, uh, like, a few weeks ago. It's about the CPs in our city. Um, the three CPs is really going to change how 
we really deal with that Sherelle partner, the council president, and community participation. Oh, I was literally about to ask you, Tyreek, what is the three C's? So I like how you did that. You made Sherelle a C. I like that. You made the council a C. I like that. And then the community. I love that. I love that. You going to bring out T-shirts with that one? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. (laughs) That could be a fundraiser for us. But but for for me, with Sherelle, she is the face of our city. And, And for me, the face of our city really understands the heartbeat of how we go. And she understands the trauma. She understands the generational issues that has been going through. But for a community, for me, we have to give her grace because we understand that this is her first time that she has been in this position. The 100-day plan is something that we have to see through. The only reason why I'm saying it because for us as community, we have to have a plan. And if we're not going to allow her to give a plan, then we're just pointing the finger at issues and not looking in the mirror how we're going to address them. And with Council President Kenyatta Johnson, I believe that he understands the holistic approach of bringing everyone to the table, not just the political aspect, but the community and law enforcement also, because they have a role to play on how our community deals with the day-to-day issues. And it's not just crime. It's also the revenue. It's also the housing. It's education. It's the recreation. There's a lot of issues that the community has to be visible for at the table, but also has some tangible things. And that's why, lastly, but not a, but most importantly, is the community participation, because you have to have people who understand the process of what these two people are going through. Even though they look like us and they're from our community, they still have rules that they have to go go by that's structured in the city's charter that, you know, there's partners that they're dealing with that they have rules and regulations that they have to abide by, too. And for us, we have to have that good faith in knowing that if they say they're going to do something to give them that time to do it. And once that time has been met, to hold them accountable for what our vision and mission is. So. If those three uh, CPs can get it together, I think our city will have some better policies and partnerships moving forward. So much grace and love to, you know, Council President Kenyatta Johnson, who always, you know, is on the front line. So maybe this, you know, next level of authority will be able to replicate some of the stuff that has been done on the ground. Likewise with um, Madam uh, Mayor Sherelle Parker. No doubt. I, I love how you both put that. Um, you answered the question. I appreciate you answering the question, you know, truthfully and honestly, because when it comes down to policies and implementing these things, I feel like sometimes it takes a little bit longer in this city to, uh, for us to get things done. Um, and with you gentlemen, you know, being on the ground, boots on the ground, I feel like we're going to get more things done with this next um, administration. So I appreciate you all working, you know, dig- digitally and then also working one on one with these folks, you know, to actually get some results and get some change. So, again, and Ty- Please tell the people how they can find you all, stay locked, how they can join in on the missions that you both have going on, one in Southwest, the others in South. Yep. Uh, I can go real quick. Um, Aunt Brown, you can contact me at antbrownent at gmail.com or my uh, organization email, the abro experience at gmail.com. Also, you can Google Aunt Brown, the abro experience, and they'll probably be able to take you to more links that I can't really think about right now to check my workout and ways to get involved. Just reach out. I'm always just 
one convo, reach out and figure out how we can work together and what that looks like to improve our community. No doubt. I love that Google though, and I'm trying to get on your status. <laughs> <laughs> That's next level. Yeah. For us, we're Young Chances Foundation, all one word on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Young Chances. Ways and get involved. We have our community engagement center at 27th and Tasker. We're in the heart of Grace Ferry. So any, any day we're open from 8 to 8 p.m. Uh, we do free meals, uh, clothing, education. Uh, we have a bus, whatever way that you can give. That's how, um, we, we, we will receive you. Our mentor, Terry Carpenter, said you keep what you have by giving it away. So the only way that we as a community are going to stay blessed is by blessing others. No doubt. And Tyreek, before I let you both go, one thing I want to say is I hope you continue to tell that Nobel Peace Prize story. Um, when I mm-hmm. tell you I went home and I actually looked it up and I went to go do my research from just something simple that you said, and you wasn't even trying to make a point. You were just being yourself. But I hope you continue to tell that story. I think that's a very impactful story and a great way to end the conversation because now it gives you something to think about and go look up, you know what I mean, based on what we were talking about. So I appreciate you both for putting together that community health conference last Saturday. Um, the amount of people in the room, the conversations that were happening in the room, how people were leaving, touching and hugging on each other. Um, I just appreciated the whole thing. So thank you both. And I continue to help you do the work that you're doing on another level. Just thank you for sure. Thank you. No doubt. Thank you. Thank you. No doubt. We've got to go to a quick commercial break. But before I go to a quick commercial break, I do want to give you all this month's EcoFact brought to you by PA State Lottery, benefiting older Pennsylvanians every day. And this article published by PBS in March of 2023 entitled Black Farmers Struggling in the Face of Structural Racism and Economic Headwinds. One fact that stood out to me the most is back in the early 1900s, Black Americans owned the sum of 16 million acres of farmland, a number that was down 90% by the turn of the 21st century. In Oklahoma, there was once more than an all black, I'm sorry, in Oklahoma, there was once more than 50 all black towns built around agriculture. You can check out more of this article directly on the PBS website, or you can just type in the actual title. And again, the title of the article is Black Farmers Struggling in the Face of Structural Racism and Economic Headwinds. Uh, when it comes down to black farmers, this is something we're going to talk about all month on um, WRD here on EcoFact because it's Black History Month. And I want to make sure that when we talk about uh, environmental justice, we do not forget about the Black voice and the Black conversation. So again, this month's EcoFact was brought to you by PA Lottery, benefiting older Pennsylvanians every day. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.